The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Finally, preseason football is done, he says, as there's a preseason football game going on right now. It is Sunday night. Adam Azer here with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. Big day for me, by the way. Guess who I followed on Twitter today? On X. Dave, are we supposed to care? Thomas Schaefer. Did not realize until today that I was not following. Whoa, that that's terrible. That who else? Did the that producer with? of your own podcast. Yeah, that no, was bad. It's like remember and Ryan Wilson cable TV show. Yep. Well, now you're just now following him. Okay, I see. Uh, agree or disagree with this preseason observation? Aaron Rodgers looked weird in a Jets uniform, but damn, Garrett Wilson sure looked good with Aaron Rodgers. He looked like the Great Kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> that helmet is just like so huge on him. And it's a big old green old, you know, like he's got the the green egg, right? Isn't that what they call that smoker, that grill? I don't know, but maybe it was it was weird. Heath would know. You're asking the big burger guy what they call a smoker. <laughs> True. That was nice though, that connection he had with Big Green Egg. Good stuff. Uh Jamie. He's who wearing is a big green egg on his head. It'll big... keep his brain healthy. Who is the biggest winner from the weekend, Jamie? From the weekend, um, the biggest winner from the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Marvin Mims. Okay. <sighs> so you, look, when do you, when do you draft Marvin Mims? When do you draft Marvin Mims? I would start looking for Marvin Mims in round ten. Wow, that's interesting. Because what if Judy's back by week three or so? I don't think Judy's back by week three. Well, that's a month. It's a month from when he got hurt. It's entirely possible he's back, but he could also be terrible when he comes back. Let's see who's going in round 10. That would be guys like Zach Charbonnet, Zay Flowers, and Samaj P. Ryan on fantasy. Okay, so he's not going in that range. So how about... Again, I I think we see receivers going sooner. How about the Kenneth Gainwell range? I'll say round 12. Okay. Dave, who's the biggest winner for you this weekend? We already said it, Aaron Rodgers. Not only does he have a terrific helmet that reminds me of grills and 1960s cartoons, but he also is doing it. He's going to be fine behind what should be a good enough offensive line. Oh, but but, but how, how confident do you feel in that statement? Because that is, that is the big question mark that a lot For of people For now, I'm as confident as... Uh, I can be, which if you can tell by the sound of my voice, isn't extremely confident. He's not playing in Philadelphia, but it's, it's a better line. It, it seems like a better line than it was maybe a couple of weeks ago. And it just might be because everybody's healthy and he didn't look yeah. completely embarrassing out there. He did not look like he reverted to the first half of last year. And I think people are going to be excited to draft him, maybe too excited, but I, I think Gar- having Garrett Wilson's going to be very exciting. What is up with Jamie's shirt today? Is that is that your it's his today? Oscar before. the Grouch shirt? Yeah, oh, go Oscar away. the Grouch shirt. <laughs> okay. How how do you know if somebody's been hanging out with somebody for oh I don't know <laughs> the last eighteen years? You know his wardrobe. I got a winner for you. Your thoughts, Tank Bigsby? I know he fumbled. He did fumble going into the end zone, but he really played. You know, 
he played a lot with the first teamers on the first two. But possessions. It has, has has it changed your opinion on him? So it has it has changed my opinion on him. It I, it hasn't changed my opinion on ETM, but I'm wondering if it should. Well, I, if if Tank Bigsby is going to play as much as he is slated to play, which is what I think you have to sort of anticipate at this point that they're going to use him quite a bit. I I kind of think that's what we've been saying for a couple of weeks now. So this I'll speak for myself. This weekend didn't change things for me for either guy because I think ETN is still going to be the better of the two. I think he's still going to get some. Still get enough high level, high leverage touches, and the fact that he was, you know, still in on on, you know, enough third downs, and we'll still get enough goal line opportunities. I just go back to what I said. I, I think it was the end of last week. He was so good last year with five touchdowns, and he's going to score more than five touchdowns this year. So, um, I, I think he's a, a solid pick in round three, and Bigsby is still going to be a very excellent pick somewhere in the middle rounds, depending on how early you want to buy into him. So. Uh, both guys, I think, have the chance to be successful. I, I, I think you view them as a, a similar version to whatever extent you want to view each guy to like the Steelers running backs at this point. Like Jalen Warren and Tank Bigsby are going to have opportunities to be successful. Um, I think ETN's just got a higher ceiling than Najee Harris at this point. Uh, you know who's a big winner? <laughs> Hello, I'm sorry. Didn't mention this one. Josh Jacobs is back. Remember him? Josh Jacobs, one of the top running backs in fantasy last year, signed a one-year deal worth that could be worth up to 12 million so this is you know basically a better version of the franchise tag and dave where are we drafting josh jacobs now i moved him up in my running back rankings one whole spot wow ahead of jonathan taylor he was behind jonathan taylor just on the hunch that Jonathan Taylor does get traded, and we didn't know when josh jacobs would be back now we know josh jacobs is back so for now he is ahead of Jonathan Taylor. He remains a round two pick. I think in non-PPR, he's closer to the one-two turn than in PPR, but it's not by much. It probably shouldn't be much at all. He caught a lot of passes last year. I'm nervous about him going backward. First three years of his career, 14 PPR points per game. That's still great. Last year, 19. I don't see him getting 19 PPR points per game this year. So round two for me on Josh Jacobs. Okay, tell me. I, I hate to drill into this, but more specifically, where in round two is he? Are you taking him after, you know, Garrett Wilson and Devontae yes. Adams, Jalen yes. Waddle? I mean, yes. So the end of round two. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think I have him in front of Waddle. Him and Henry for me are, are are the the two guys that I I, I look at after the the top tier wide receivers. I have Waddle and Devontae Smith right after. Them. Okay, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, or uh, Jacobs? I have those guys ahead of the quarterback. I have Jacobs ahead of quarterback, too. Okay. Um, all right. So how would you feel about starting your draft? McCaffrey, Jacobs, from the two or the three spot. Seems like good value. I think knowing that you're going to end up, hopefully, with one of, uh, you know, maybe Devontae Smith, but Olave or, or, or T. Higgins, that's a good way to go. And then in round four, you'll be able to get somebody, one of those late round four wide receivers. Could be Hopkins. Could be Cooper. Um, hopefully it's one of them because there's a drop-off after that. What do you guys think of Deshaun Watson? I, I, I just did an FFT in five with Chris. I had to give a winner and a loser. And I, I said, look, I don't want to react too much to preseason week three. This was not the most revealing week. There wasn't a ton of starters playing. They didn't play for that long. But I just didn't really love what I saw from Watson, even with that 53-yard completion to a wide open Amari Cooper. What'd you guys mm -hmm. think? What did you, what did, I haven't watched him yet. Oh. So I, I don't want to give an answer, but I'm curious what you saw that you didn't like. He just doesn't look that great to me. Okay. It, he still hasn't played that much, you know? So I still think for me, it was like he was clear QB nine. Now it's really close with him and Tua. I don't know. I just, Jamie, did you get a chance to see him? Yeah, I did. I, 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 Came away the same way I felt about him for the last, you know, couple of weeks based on the reports that, you know, he just doesn't look great. Same thing. Okay. You know, so he's he's does not have the same upside as Anthony Richardson, in my opinion. He does not have the same upside as Tua Tungavello. So he's he's to me Dak Prescott. Same thing. You know, a guy that you should settle for. Still a number one quarterback. Still has the potential to be a top ten guy, but not somebody that I want to target in drafts. I, I think if you're taking him, you should be prepared to take a second quarterback too. 
That I agree with. Big, I big. Just, I, I mean, I, I liked him before the preseason game. I just haven't watched it yet. But if you guys say he looked bad, then that probably means he didn't look, he didn't not look bad. bad. Not bad. He just did not look impressive against, you know, a select group of Eagles guys. Chiefs, right? They play the Chiefs. Chiefs guys they play the Chiefs. And it was, you know, they, the Chiefs had enough of their starters, but not the entire time. Yeah, but there's no Chris in. Jones. I mean, you know, that that's yeah. a big part of it, you know, and, and, and the Browns were clearly with, a, with an MO there. Yeah. Yeah, he was okay. He was okay. Just w- w- was hoping to see better. The throw to David Njoku was nice. Mm-hmm. The touchdown I saw. Yeah. That was a nice throw. But I mean, he was like at 50% completions. Yes, I think exactly. Think 7 to 13, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, let's see. Let's see. He was 5 of 10. Yeah, that doesn't sound so good. For 92 yards and a touchdown. Still at a QB rating of 115.4. That has to be because of the touchdown and the Cooper throw. Uh, QB rating is so heavily influenced. Just for everyone benefit here. Touchdown interception ratio is yeah. is <laughs> so much of it. Okay. Uh, big, big week for us. We got the draft-a-thon on Wednesday and an exciting, exciting show from 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern. It's our draft-a-thon, all to raise money for St. Jude. We've already raised a ton of money. We want to keep raising more. We set our record. We beat last year's number. Now let's keep it going. In fact, if you're watching on YouTube at youtube.com slash today, go ahead and hit that donate button, please. We'd really appreciate it. Anything you can spare, it all goes to St. Jude, and we're helping pediatric cancer patients and their families, okay? This is a cause that we can all get behind here. On the Draft-a-thon, we're going to have the most incredible lineup of guests. It's going to be super fun. In fact, the 8 to 10 hours is going to be Nando DeFino the entire time, um, plus Will Brinson, Pete Prisco, Nick Costos, uh, Nathan Zagura, hopefully Jason Horowitz, Tara Roberts is going to be. This is just 8 to 10. All right, that's not even including Joe Pisapia and Jake Seeley and Ray GQ and a bunch of CBS Sports talent as well. So cannot wait for it. Ben Gretsch is going to kick it off with us at 4 o'clock Eastern. Uh, and if you donate during the show from 4 to 10, and it's all going to be on YouTube, all right, youtube.com slash today. If you donate during the show, we'll grade your draft. I don't know how much we're going to be you know, asking for, for that, for that donation, but we'll grade your draft. I get a lot of grade my draft emails. I don't respond to them typically. You want your draft graded on the show? Donate to St. Jude and we'll do it for you. Also, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, we are on CBS Sports Network. We're going national, baby. National TV, CBS Sports Network, channel 215 for me, for what it's worth, but look it up for you. Um, 11 to noon on Monday and Tuesday, 10.30 to 11.30 on Friday. So if you're listening to this on Monday, stop what you're doing at 11 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time, and watch us on CBS Sports Network. You could also use your DVR. Yeah, it's fine. But watch us live, right? But no, that's fine. DVR it. Um, News and notes other than Josh Jacobs. So there was a report before the game this weekend that rookie running back Sean Tucker for the Mm. Buccaneers who has a medical condition, a heart condition that knocked him basically. He got he was undrafted because of it. He was taking first team reps with the, you know, in practice. But that did not happen. As far as I know, I don't think he played until the third quarter in the preseason game. It was a pretty good day, I guess, for Rashad White. Dave, what's your read on the Bucks backfield? I like Tucker. I thought his film from Syracuse was good. If you watched their first preseason game, you saw Tucker score a nice touchdown, and then it got called back by a penalty. I think he's got some potential, and we know that Rashad White isn't a perfect running back, but uh, it definitely seems like White's going to be given several opportunities to be the main runner in Tampa. And they still have Chase Edmonds, so Tucker could be somebody worth a stash in deeper leagues. In a typical 12-team, 1QB league with seven bench spots, I doubt Sean Tucker gets rostered. But he's talented, and we'll see if he ever gets an opportunity. He's going to be the first name I go for if Rashad White goes down with an injury. Jamie, do you think he's a threat to Rashad White? Could he make Rashad White a bust in round, say, seven-ish? No way at that value. Um, no. You know, they would have to you know add bring Fournette back, I think, for that to happen at this point. But... Um, I wouldn't rule out Keyshawn Vaughn also getting involved too, you know, so they'll probably go with some level of a committee if White's not there. The interesting thing will be is who is going to compliment White now, you know, so who's going to be the one that's in the five to 10 touch range because White's not going to get every single carry. So that's the, that's the question mark. So yeah, Tucker should be the first one that you're looking at. He's not a bad um, handcuff if you're, if you're going that route with a deeper bench, but I agree with Dave. I don't think we can see him drafted in most, 
you know, five man bench row, uh, five man bench leagues. Would you rather have Rashad White or Alexander Madison? Madison. Madison. Rashad White or Cam Akers? White. Javante Williams or Rashad White? White. White. Okay. The Cowboys acquired Trey Lance from San Francisco for a fourth round pick. Uh, a keeper drop in a dynasty league. Trey Lance. Uh, I would keep in a super flex dynasty league. I would probably be looking at him as an end of roster guy, depending on who's on waivers. Okay. All right. If you need the roster spot and you're good at quarterback for the long haul, you could, you could let him go, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spike cut him. You're, if, if there's somebody on waivers that you really like better in your dynasty league, then if he's your worst guy, you could cut him for him. But otherwise, Dax contract is almost up, right? Yep. Who, what? Dax contract is one year, up. I think, left. Yeah, that it doesn't After mean this. that he's going to be great. He he landed with a team that should have really like it was a good fit, <laughs> and um, he he couldn't make it work. The injuries in during the season that's one thing. The fact that he couldn't beat Sam Darnold out this preseason is another. Would you drop Trey Lance in a dynasty league for Aiden O'Connell of the Raiders? I do like O'Connell. I like what I've seen from him. I don't I think, know how mad of a rush there's going to be to pick up O'Connell, though, in a one QB dynasty. Two league. QB. Oh. Well, two QB, both these guys are staying rostered. There's well, no, yeah. There's no Time yeah. Now, let's, say, let's say. But I can only have, have one. draft now. Let, let, who would you rather have? I think Aiden O'Connell will play this year because I don't know if Garoppolo will stay healthy based mm-hmm. on the track record. Yeah. But I think if Aiden O'Connell is playing this year, the Raiders are drafting Caleb Williams. <laughs> it could end up being that way. Okay. Uh, Adam Thielen left with an injury, but he appears to be okay. By the way, I should... Came back and scored a touchdown. We're going to... We're going to... Then he's definitely okay. We're going to um, uh, talk about preseason winners and losers, not just from week three, but the whole shebang, just who's been the biggest risers and fallers for us. Even the Hall of Fame game. Sure. Uh, Let's see. Cleveland's got Jakeem Grant, uh, wide receiver slash special teams player, out for the season, and cornerback Denzel Ward in the concussion protocol. Tampa Bay center Ryan Jensen mm-hmm. is out for the season and possibly going to have to retire. Last year, Jensen tore his ACL, MCL, PCL, and meniscus. He broke a bone. He damaged cartilage in his knee. He missed the entire regular season, played in the playoff game, said it was probably a mistake, and now he's been ruled out. He just c- cannot recover from that. It's, it's really a shame. Um, Kadarius Tony could practice this week for the Chiefs. Chigo Conquo expected back at practice. Romeo Dobbs missed the game with a hamstring injury. Don't have any indication that it's serious. Uh, Kansas City running back Isaiah Pacheco played. Buffalo running back Damian Harris played. I would also call him a winner, guys. Damian Harris was mixed in there with the first team. Mm-hmm. That was something we hadn't seen this preseason. It was basically all James Cook. Dave, any any nerves now about James Cook? No. Uh, we knew that Damian Harris, when, when the Bills got him, could be used as a... Um, pure rundowns and short yardage goal line guy. And I would expect that to continue to happen. If you get James Cook, I would still expect James Cook to play the most of all the running backs. Certainly he should have more touches unless there's a Buffalo game where somehow Damian Harris ends up with like a hot hand and 25 carries. That that doesn't seem like the Buffalo way to me. Uh, I'm still, I'm still looking James Cook's way in like round six. Okay, but if I'm going to be the pessimist here, if if someone like Sean Tucker is going to play a real role for the Bucks, which it doesn't seem like you guys think is going to happen, Rashad White is you know behind potentially a bad offensive line. He might not be that good. We don't know. He wasn't very good last year. Um, the offense might stink. That's the kind of guy he needs to have a the vast majority of the touches for him to not be a bust. Meanwhile, for James Cook, he's super good. But the Bills don't typically throw to their running backs a lot. And if he's not going to score the touchdowns, if that's going to be Allen and now Damian Harris, well, now I'm looking at two running backs who might be going in round six that could be fool's goal. That's the pessimistic view. So, well, I mean, there's points. a reason why they're going in round six, though. You know, you're mm-hmm. looking at guys that are settle for number two running backs, you know, with still some upside. I mean, you know, I, 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 I certainly share some of your sentiment. But you no, know, that's the, the pessimistic person's sentiment. That's not necessarily my sentiment. No, I, I understand where you're coming from, uh, Mr. <laughs> pessimistic sentiment. Pessimistic um, Adam. 
but I think the hope would be Rashad White's coming off a 50-catch season and still has the chance to be heavily involved in a passing game that just lost one of their wide receivers. And, and Baker Mayfield, very underrated in how he throws to his running backs. And I, I think you got to buy into a little bit of what the rhetoric is coming out of Buffalo, that they want less running from Josh Allen and maybe more out of their run game from both those guys. So I don't mind taking those shots on either one. I prefer James Cook because of what you said. I think he's more talented. Well, I'm going to do my <laughs> SNL impression here. Buffalo running backs have rushed for eight or fewer touchdowns in three of the last four seasons. Now did Tampa Bay last year. <laughs> oh, there's not enough. There's not a sad enough trombone for that. Uh, all right, let's uh, finish up here. The Giants released James Robinson. The Browns acquired Pierre Strong from the Patriots for I like that move. offensive. Yeah, that and- was interesting. Does that mean Jerome Ford's not going to be ready to go to start the year? I think it was a combo move for them that they like Pierre Strong as some because their third running back has been terrible too. So it's not yeah, like they're they, just looking at, they, at yeah at a second guy. But Pierre Strong could play in the return game for them, and losing Jakeem Grant, I think, will have Pierre Strong on the field in that there regard. You go. Well. So it was it was a good move. It, it it frees him up to you know play behind a you know 27, 28 year old running back in Nick Chubb, and who knows what happens if he misses any time because I don't think that Jerome Ford would get all of the work. So. You know, this might be the opportunity that he needed. We haven't. Uh, oh, never mind. Sorry, I was going off on a different tangent there. Uh, anyway, the Patriots acquired offensive lineman Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Fun fact: Tyrone Wheatley, his dad, first football jersey I ever owned. Wow. Yeah. Of Patri- course, a giant. Patriots offensive lineman Riley Reef left with. I have a Tyrone Wheatley story that I'll tell you off the air. Okay. And the Patriots' offensive line has has been a little beat up. I think they're going to hopefully yeah. get healthier before the season starts. But that's been. Kind of a, a worry for them. And according to ESPN, Tyquan Thornton, Patriots wide receiver, could be a candidate to start the season on IR. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, i got five quick questions, and then all of the risers and fallers from the preseason. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back. All right, five quick questions. You draft an A.J. Dillon or a commander's running back? Uh, PPR, it's Gibson, Dillon, Robinson. Robinson, Dillon, Gibson, format does not matter. So Gibson is top for Jamie and third for Dave? Is that what I heard? Yes. PPR, okay. Um, Question number two. Which offense is the surprise offense of 2023? The Lions from last year. Who's that version it's of work. this year? Hmm. I'll say the Saints. Ooh, okay. Uh, question number three. In 2020. No, no, no. Packers. Oh, okay. I like the Packers better than the Saints. In 2020, I remember several of us saying that if you already have your QB1, you should draft Daniel Jones over Aaron Rodgers because Jones has more upside than Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP <laughs> that year and averaged literally more than twice as many fantasy points per game as Daniel Jones. So who should you draft for upside this year, Daniel Jones or Aaron Rodgers? Same answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jones. boy. What do you think, Dave? That that That's an Anthony Richardson uh, line if there ever was one. I currently have Jones one spot ahead of Rodgers. Okay. I like them both, though. I'm starting to feel really good about QBs 13 through 17 in my rankings. Cousins, Geno, 
Daniel Jones has looked great all summer. Rodgers looked great in the preseason game. I know he's looked good in camp too. And Jared Goff in Detroit. I'm starting to get a little worried that we, you know, as a fantasy community, are just getting too excited about too many quarterbacks, like Love and Pickett, for uh, like yeah, like Love and Pickett and Richard. Nobody's drafting those guys as starters in one quarterback leagues. Nope. No, but some people are drafting them as like bench guys, hoping that one or two of them. You know, one or both, I guess I should say, take off. Forget about them, but what about their wide receivers? Are we moving up? The, maybe, look, maybe it's just going to be a great year for quarterbacks. Maybe these guys are about to hit their stride and, and but usher this, in a this new This wave. is more, I think, a conversation on taking Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts at the spots that they're going as opposed to trusting these late-round guys because these late-round guys are guys you would drop anyway if they if they stink in a one-quarterback league. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a question of, like Dave said, I agree with him. That, that group of quarterbacks, I think there's going to be probably two of these guys that – you know, we we ranked too low or just didn't buy into enough because of whatever the circumstances may be, an injury in front of them, you know, somebody's a bust, whether it's, you know, Tua getting hurt or Richardson stinking or Watson being that that bad or, you know, Dak just continuing to throw interceptions, whatever the case may be. You know, so uh-huh. you, you look at what Geno did last year and now he gets a better weapon. You look at what Roger's going to new team, more motivation. You look at, you know, Jared Goff just building off what he did, you know, in Ben Johnson's offense. You, you can make cases for all of these guys to be, you know, successful. Daniel Jones still runs for 700 yards, but now throws for, you know, nearly 4,000 and, and his touchdowns, you know, spike. So there, there's lots to like about all these guys, but there's a reason that they're ranked where they're ranked because there's just as much downside in some of these cases. So for me, it's, that's why I sort of pass on those, those three quarterbacks early because I prefer to live in the second tier of guys, you know, the, the, the Lamar fields, Burrow, Herbert Lawrence, uh, you know, and then, there's got to be a Lawrence name we Richardson call those guys. Lawrence Richardson and Tua, you know, with the next year behind them, you know, to me, that's a better place to, you know, get value with still getting the upside. But if you miss on those guys, you know, somebody's, you know, just a little bit more aggressive than you or just has different draft spots. Then if you fall back and get, you know, Cousins and Daniel Jones, I'm thrilled with that because I probably have a loaded running back and receiving court. Yeah. Four Jays and a Trevor. Justin, Justin, Joe. Jackson. Oh, okay. <laughs> and a Trevor. Okay. Uh, question number four. Quad you dr- Jays. You draft in DeAndre Hopkins or Christian Watson? Watson. Watson. Question number five. <laughs> Najee Harris starts this season with San Francisco, and they gave up the fewest fantasy points to running backs last season. Uh, after that, it's Cleveland, Las Vegas, and Houston. Those three teams were 27th, 28th, and 32nd against running backs mm, last season. But... Okay. Does this change anything for you with Najee Harris that he could get off to a good start after week one? No. I would I would think though, if you are interested in Najee Harris and you missed on him, and he's now falling into round five, so I don't know how many people are getting interested in Najee Harris, that if he does have a stinker of a game in week one, and it's not because of Jalen Warren taking him off the field, it's just because he played a really good defense, then you might be able to buy low on him especially if a team that drafted Najee Harris did it earlier in, in, in preseason and may need some wide receiver help. Let's say it's the some the, there's got to be people out there that had wide receiver one. Let's just say it was Jalen. They, they went running back Jalen Waddle, and then, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I got Jerry Judy and Terry McLaurin, hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and Najee Harris was, was sandwiched in between there that you can maybe flip whatever wide receiver you want to, you know, Brandon Ayuk, let's say, for – Najee Harris, because Najee had a bad game and Ayuk looked decent. It's pretty rare when we suggest trading a player after one week. Like even Allen Robinson, who looked miserable last year in his first game, like we still gave him a few weeks to really make sure that he absolutely sucked before we we punted on him. So I don't know if you're going to be able to have success trading for Najee, but what if the Browns' run defense is actually pretty good? Because they've they've both up. I think their defense is actually going to be really good this year. Yeah. And what if Houston, with what they've made, what they've done this offseason, maybe they're a little bit better. I'm not saying anything about Las Vegas. So maybe after the first four weeks of the season, if Najee is playing a lot, but not putting up huge numbers. I mean, there's still two games with Cincinnati, two games with Baltimore. I don't know if I'm necessarily afraid of Baltimore, but the bottom line is that maybe that's the opportunity you're looking for. All right. Maybe you got to give people three or four weeks to really see their guys stink before you make a trade for them on the low. Okay, let's go to our rankings risers slash preseason winners. 
And let's take a look at Dave's list. Uh, these are just guys that throughout the preseason have, you know, caught your eye or risen in your rankings. You're more excited about them now than you were. So we start with the one quarterback on your list, and that would be Jordan Love. He's QB 24 in Fantasy Pros ADP. And where's Jordan Love for you? Jordan Love for me is right in that same range, and I'm not even sure that I can say with a straight face that he should be drafted in one QB leagues. But I just I love the way they look. He's 19th for me. Uh, love the way that he's thrown the ball this preseason. I thought his first preseason game was his worst, and I thought he bounced back in his second. Uh, all accounts from training camp and the joint practice with Cincinnati and the joint practice with New England uh, is that he looks really, really good. And I wouldn't expect a lot of rushing, but I would expect him to connect with both Watson and Dobbs. And I think this Packers offense, like I said, I think that they're going to be really good. I think Jaden Reed's going to contribute. Not that he's going to be great for fantasy. Luke Musgrave, their rookie tight end. They've got young guys at receiver, and their offensive line should be good enough. And so uh, Jordan Love has taken a step forward that I did not see coming before training camp opened. Love or pick it? Love. Jamie, love or pick it? Uh, love, but I go back and forth on these two guys. So they're both uh, interesting. Pickett's Pickett's another winner, but again, one QB leagues uh, outside of Pennsylvania, I don't think you're going to see Pickett drafted that much. Correct. I, I I would still take Sam Howell over both. I've got both those guys over Howell. All right, Jameer Gibbs is a rankings riser for you. He's currently on Fantasy Pros. He's RB fourteen. He's going at the end of round three in a twelve team league. Jameer Gibbs. He's going after Joe Mixon. Where do you have Jameer Gibbs? Jameer Gibbs has moved into round three for me, and I remember scoffing at the idea in PPR back when he was drafted. There's no way we can put him in round three. Uh, he's 33rd for me. I'm aggressive. He apparently torched the Giants in their joint practices. I don't believe he's played a preseason snap. He has. He has. He has. Oh, he did? He yes. has. The first week, I remember Montgomery did not play. Gibbs did play. Played quite a bit early in that game. Did he? Let's take a look. Mm-hmm. Did he get a lot of touches? Actually, it was probably the it was the Giants game. Yeah, it was week one. Yeah, he got a lot of touches. He he caught a pass downfield on third down. Um, they ran him between the tackles a lot, which I liked. He wasn't some gimmicky rusher. So uh, he did play. Okay. 18 snaps over the entire preseason. Looks like they all came against the G-men. So, of course, you watch that. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> optimistic that he's, you know, we, we've talked about it and we've seen it where the young running back gets drafted and uh, overtakes the veteran. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen to the degree where Gibbs becomes a league winner, but it could be close to that. And I think he'll catch a lot of passes and, and break a lot of big runs and exciting player for fantasy. So in in a in, a, in an area of the running back rankings where I don't love a lot of players, especially in full PPR. He's one that I've kind of gravitated toward. And I like what I've heard about him this summer. But you, you've really changed it to him because you were concerned. About I was. Yeah, absolutely. G- yeah. Gibbs I or, can change. I, I can, you, you know, you know, I, I made a change on Brees Hall as a matter of fact. Hey, if you can change <laughs> and if they can change. Uh, uh, so anyway, um, ETN or Gibbs. I think I have Gibbs over ETN. It's been that way for me for a long, long Has time. Has he been in round three for you this whole time? Oh, yes, for sure. Good for you. We'll or maybe bad for maybe. you. Now that I'm <laughs> maybe bad jinxing him. Mixon or Jameer Gibbs? I can't go that far with Gibbs. That's the one I struggle with in PPR because I, I feel like I want to take Gibbs and I don't want to draft Mixon. Last um, question. Sorry. But yeah, still Mixon right now. Last question. What's a better value, Gibbs at the three four turn or David Montgomery at the seven eight turn? Montgomery. What's the format? Point seven three eight PPR. (laughs) (laughs) It may still be Montgomery because I I I still think Gibbs isn't scoring a ton of touchdowns and Montgomery's their guy in short yardage. Well, that's that's the part of it. It's like we're we're negating the fact that Montgomery's going to have a bigger role in the passing game than Jamal Williams did. Mm -hmm. So while the touchdowns are not going to come close to what Williams did last year, he's not getting 17 touchdowns, Montgomery is. But if he gets, let's say, eight or nine, he'll have maybe 15 more receptions than Williams did. All right, Jalen Warren and Rashawn Johnson are two guys that you like late. I assume you like Warren ahead of Johnson. I do, but they're back-to-back, and I look at them as both top 100 players. I saw a draft board today on my Twix timeline that 
had Warren as the second to last pick in the entire draft. Wow. Couldn't believe it. Um, I, I love the potential for them if they ever get into their roles. We talk about lottery ticket running backs constantly. These are two of them. I think that Roshan really has a shot to be the Bears' best back by yep. mid-October. This is what really I don't did. understand. Then, then why are we also calling Khalil Herbert a winner this this preseason? Why are you guys why are you comfortable drafting Khalil Herbert? I didn't call him a winner. I think right now you have to treat Herbert as the starter. And if he doesn't mm-hmm. do anything to lose the job, he's still the one you'd rather draft first. Roshan is the unknown. He's 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 the the X factor of, of what this team is. He's certainly the better value if you're talking about. Oh yeah. And so if you, uh, if you're trying to get a piece of the bears backfield, if that's something that's your, you know, intent when you're drafting, especially once you get past, let's say around five or six and you're looking for upside plays, I would still take Herbert first if he falls, but Mm -hmm. it's not a bad idea to take two of those guys. And now Foreman got hurt and you know, who knows what his role is going to be. I think he was dealing with a rib injury, if I'm not mistaken, leaving the preseason game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't even know if that matters. You know, it seems like these these two guys are the are the clear cut running backs here. The fact that Roshan Johnson is getting pass protection opportunities ahead of Quill Herbert, he's getting passing down work ahead of Quill Herbert. He may be the more physical of the two and getting goal line opportunities. So, you know, this is this is one of these guys that you want to gravitate toward. And if he if he does hit, you know, Ooh. he could he could be pretty special. Could be a league winner. How about this idea? You're in your draft. You go hero RB. You got your running back in round one or round two. You take a bunch of receivers and tight end and quarterback. And in round eight, you take Herbert. And in round nine, you take Roshan. Here's my issue. I, I don't, Jamie, you just kind of discounted Deontay Foreman and said it seems, well, you, what you said, what you said. I don't want to misquote you. But actually, on Saturday, he was very much involved playing ahead of Roshan Johnson. He was. Playing mm-hmm. with the starters, getting the second series, as I recall. So, I why is it, maybe this rib injury is significant? But if it's not, why is he just going away? You know, I, I, that's kind of hasn't. Really been discussed. I, I, I view Deontay Foreman as if they need somebody, they're going to use him. I think they're going to play the other two guys ahead of him. Well, they there's a play chance Herbert. they trade him. All right, we'll see. Uh, all right, Dave, we can't spend the whole time on your list. I'm sorry, Aww. it's my fault. So let's speed up here. Calvin Ridley and Romeo Dobbs, just tell me where you're drafting them. Dobbs is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm getting excited about Jordan Love. And Jamie will remember this. I couldn't stand Romeo Dobbs when we initially put our rankings out there. And I really didn't change my tune until training camp got underway. And just love the way that he's been playing. The routes have been great. Yeah, he hasn't made a fool of himself yet like he did last year. He made a bunch of rookie mistakes, and he seems to have learned from them. Appears to be kind of the short and intermediate receiver with some consistency in this Packers passing game. So I'm I'm kind of getting excited about taking him in round eight. That might feel a little bit too wow. high for Dobbs, especially with Jordan Love under center. But I, th- I think he can give you a pretty decent 10 to 12 PPR floor with a couple of touchdowns mixed in. Loved his touchdown this preseason where he just kind of tried to like quasi-moss the dude. Aaron, Aaron Nagler who covers the Packers and who's you know been covering them forever. Uh, he was asked a question over the weekend, who's going to lead the Packers in receptions? And he didn't hesitate. He said, Dobbs and it might be not, might not be. That's a, again, that, again, that's, that was said in training camp or mini camp actually after the NFL draft. It's amazing, and this is why I'm wondering if if we're overdrafting Christian Watson. I, well, I believe he said that he does not have the upside of Christian Watson. No, he does not. You know, again, it's it's a matter of receptions versus production. Like, you can still lead the team in receptions and not be the best receiver there. Sure, he could have 85 yeah. catches for 1,000 yards and five touchdowns. And Watson averaged, I think, a touchdown every four and a half catches last year. All right, that's not going to happen again. But if, no, if I, Well, shoot, dude, he's talented. It, it's it's very sky ceiling high, but sky ceiling high. All right, yeah, Cal- we'll Calvin Ridley is he the first? Receiver Ridley, off I think, the is going to end up being the number one receiver in Jacksonville. Um, I know I did the research saying that Doug Peterson's never had uh, a receiver with a higher than like a twenty-one and a half target share. He's never had a receiver like Ridley. He's just looked amazing throughout okay. the entire camp. Mid round three, throughout the preseason. Yes. Okay, where are you drafting Juwan Johnson and Sam Laporta? 
late round picks, guys that you'll start with either as a starting tight end on your fantasy team or as a guy on your bench just to see what happens. Kind of okay with Jawan Johnson just because of the matchup in week one. Laporta I would have a little bit more patience with through the first at least three or four games of the season just to see how he gets involved in the offense. But it sounds like the Lions really like him a lot and he's looked pretty good. All right, so Dave's list of risers and winners, Jordan Love, Jameer Gibbs, Jalen Warren, Roshan Johnson, Calvin Ridley, Romeo Dobbs, Jawan Johnson, and Sam Laporta. Jamie's list is Anthony Richardson at quarterback, which is interesting because he's on Dave's fallers list. So let's start with that debate, Jamie, and where do you have Anthony Richardson ranked? Uh, he is QB9 for me, and again, that's a position that you want to shoot for upside, and I, I don't know if there's a lot of guys – uh, certainly behind him, but you know, even the guys in front of him, that if he does hit, he could be a top five quarterback. You know, again, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the stat. It's foolproof yeah. that if you run for 700 yards or more since 2010, you have averaged 19.9 fantasy points per game no. or more. Oh, or more, or more. Or more. Yeah, I'm sorry. So Daniel Jones was the worst one at 700 yards. So I don't have the breakdown in front of me of guys that have hit 1,000 yards. Uh, I would imagine that's much higher. There's almost none, right? Um there's there's three guys that have done it's happened four times. Right. Um, we haven't projected on our site to run for a thousand yards. I, I can't imagine anybody that's projecting him to play more than thirteen games or fifteen games or seventeen games is going to have him less than eight hundred yards rushing. So, you know that's the allure. And so, anytime you get these guys running, there's there's the floor is there. <laughs> so if the floor is already at that benchmark for the sixteen times that it's happened in the last thirteen years. Mm-hmm. there's a pretty good uh, uh, potential here for him to be a very good fantasy quarterback. Okay, Dave, why is Anthony Richardson on your followers list? I started with him I, either QB8, QB9, or QB10, and now he's QB12. So we moved down just a little bit. It's a safety thing. I moved Dak ahead of him. Deshaun, for now, is ahead of him. Tua, for now, is ahead of him. And uh, look, I, I hope he certainly can complete more than, you know, 40 some odd six of 17 goodness that's almost a third of his throws he's got to be better than that i think he will be of course but he might not get to 60 percent what happens in the games where he he might average 60 rush yards a game but what happens in the games where he only gets 45 rush yards and uh, how can you how can you look at what he did in his last preseason game and say that he's never going to throw interceptions so there's going to be some turnovers along the way it could get bumpy it wouldn't surprise me if he had a, a, you know, one of his first three games was a dud and the other one was average. And then the third one was a monster and he could just be up and down. I'm still drafting him as a low end number one quarterback. I'm just not doing it as high as I was before. He's after pick 100 for me now. By the way, when you hear where these guys are ranked, we always do it with six point per passing touchdown leagues in four point per passing touchdown leagues. Dave, are you still taking Dak Prescott ahead of him? I don't think so. Okay. I think that that's a, a difference maker, of course. And this is, I want to be on the record for this. This is my fear about Anthony Richardson. Put me down on the record. My fear is he's not going to be matchup dependent. He's going to be inconsistent basically regardless of matchup. Now, I mean, if he's playing a ridiculously good team, then we're not going to start him most likely. But my fear is he's going to be one of those really frustrating players where you just never know when to start him. You know, you just try to pick it uh, because he, that's, I remember Cam Newton was like that a few years ago, I think with the, with the Patriots, maybe. It's like the matchup just did not matter. Sometimes he had two rushing touchdowns and he had a huge game. Sometimes he was just awful. And that's what I fear with Richardson. And especially defenses that are fast and don't miss a lot of tackles. I, Those are going to be the defenses that I think... doesn't matter to me at all. It just He's just such a wild card from week to sure, week. Sure, of course he is. All right, so, so that's he's, tough. he's like... That's a, tough. We can talk about other players and say the exact same thing at other positions. He's, that they're total he's the number cards. one at the quarterback position. I right, will so, say this. So I'll, ask, I'll ask you this. How many yards is he going to run for the season? Plays how many? 17? Let's, let's, let's take two out. He run, plays 15 games. Eight, in, I would say 800 and, 900 yards in a full season, so... I don't know, 800-ish yards in a 15 in 15 games. If he's going to get 1,000 yards in 15 games, he needs to average 67 yards a game on the ground. That's, that's really a lot. I, I know. know I, don't do think, I don't think he'll be that far off from there, though. I'm just saying. 55 you're going to be frustrated trying to figure out when to start this guy. That's right. It. I would just start him every week. <laughs> okay, good luck. <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, Sorry. you can't argue with the upside factor. 
it's really and especially and this is like the whole reason why he's still in my top 12 is there are so many other quarterbacks that are going to be somewhere between 20 and 22 fantasy points per game and Richardson could be one of those guys for all we know that's where Jalen Hurts was his first year as a starter in Philly yeah all right J.K. Dobbins uh Jamie he's the only running back on your list risers all you had to do is get healthy or just okay. show up, whatever you want to attribute his <laughs> yeah. missed time to. He's going to have a monster year. Year two removed so. from the ACL. Yeah. Going to be more involved in the passing game. This is going to be a fantastic offense with Todd Monk and calling plays. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a huge year. I'm, I, I, I can't draft enough J.K. Dobbins. That, that, that's, a, that's a ship I will go down with if he fails. The, the only thing that I'm nervous about with Dobbins is, is he really going to catch a lot of passes? Is that really? Is he going to be a, a fifty reception? No. If you're drafting back. to be a fifty reception guy, you're making a huge mistake. Right, but that's why I'm drafting him significantly higher in non PPR than in full PPR. That's fair. You should be drafting him higher in non PPR and half PPR than full PPR. But okay, awesome. I, I still, I still think there's there's oh. thirty five catch upside for him and a chance to be not far off from the rushing yards leader. Thirteen hundred wow. yards and ten touchdowns, Jamie. Uh, I might take the over on his rushing yards. Okay. Um, all right. Let's see. DJ Moore is a rankings riser for you now. So where's DJ Moore for you now? DJ Moore is just at the three, four turn for me. Okay. That's but he's not, he's not just a, I, I think his, he's not, he's not somebody that risen in the rankings. I mean, I moved him up, I think one or two spots, you know, from where I initially started, but, um, Look, he's he's going to get a, the best opportunity maybe of his career. Here's a random stat. Because he's going to go between rounds four and six in most drafts. I do have to say, oh. did you guys watch Justin Fields throw? Yeah, it wasn't so good. No, that was <laughs> the worst he's looked in a long time. Dude, even the wide receiver screen that he threw to Moore, that Moore took 62 yards. I know, touchdown. yeah. Even that accurate. wasn't a good throw. Yeah. So the, he had another completion over the middle to Moore this week that the, even the Bears announcer said if that were a better throw, he would have had more yards mm-hmm. after the catch. Yep. But it hasn't mattered so far. He's had a great preseason. Um, here's a weird stat. DJ Moore will be drafted in rounds four through six in most leagues. Over the last six seasons, there have been 18 wide receivers drafted in rounds four through six that finished top 12 in PPR. 17 of the 18 were on offenses that ranked 16th or better in gross passing yards. Did I give you enough numbers there? 17 of the 18 wide receivers were on offenses that were top half of the league in passing yards. Um, Makes sense. I don't think the Bears will be. In fact, I feel pretty confident that they won't be. But we'll see. But again, you're asking for top 12 production. Right. You have them, what, 15th, 16th? In that range. Yeah. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is a riser for you. Dalton Kincaid is a riser for you. Would you take him or Friarmuth Ingram Njoku? It depends on what my roster build is, but they, he is right behind those guys. So he is, uh, I believe I have it, Friarmuth Njoku Ingram Kincaid. And so if I'm looking for a tight end that I think is going to have a breakout season, I, I still don't want to take Friarmuth out of that category, but I feel I feel like there is a higher ceiling for Kincaid than there is for Njoku and Ingram. Okay. And so what I like to do is take Kincaid and then still try and get one of those guys because that's that's doable. Um, but the way I have it ranked, I have it Kincaid, Juwan Johnson, Sam Laporta. If I take two of those guys, I'm happy. And, I, and I'll say this again. Depending on the size of your bench, please do not commit to two quarterbacks and two tight ends because that will just severely limit your depth at running back and wide receiver. You have a One or the other. PSA. Or neither. We take a break here. When we come back, rankings fallers and preseason losers in the final 10 minutes of our show. We will be, we will be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Jamie, let's take a look at your preseason losers, your rankings, fallers, Ken Walker and Najee Harris. Almost all of them are injury related. Are you taking your riser, J.K. Dobbins, ahead of Ken Walker and Najee Harris? One billion percent. <laughs> Dave, do you agree with that? Non-PPR, half PPR, full PPR, 1.173 PPR. I agree with that. Okay, so Dobbins ahead of Walker and Najee. Would you do that as a Ken Walker guy? I would definitely take Dobbins over Najee. Uh, yeah, sure. It's funny. I, I haven't drafted Najee yet, and I should. I mean, uh, Dobbins yet. I should. You know why you I, haven't? Because Jamie's taking him. Well, I mean, I the, guy, the guy is always hurt. Um, I don't I don't know what the Gus Edwards situation is going to be, but Gus yeah. usually gets a decent amount of work. I don't think Dobbins is bust-proof, put it that way, but he's so damn good. He well, I don't think he's bust-proof. I mean, obviously, no I'm, one is. I'm, yeah. I'm being I'm being aggressive with how I'm drafting him, but I don't think he's bust proof. Right. All right. I think I think. All right. If I had ten drafts, I would take Dobbins six times and Walker four times. I think, and I, I so I had we had our father son draft with my older one this weekend, and I couldn't have been uh, more disappointed and then more proud of my eleven year old son Ronan because when he, he found out he had the third pick and he said, "I'm going to take Derrick Henry there," and so. To, to his to his credit, before I disowned him, um, he uh, we we changed we changed the format. So I, we started this league when they were five years old. We wanted them to you know sort of be able to look at the screen and do the simple math of what their scores were. Um, and so we actually changed it right before the draft started. We took a vote and, and changed it to PPR. So he ended up with Jamar Chase, and I the, the notes that we we wrote down because we this was the first year where the kids were doing the draft completely by themselves. So the notes I gave him was. Dobbins. <laughs> Dobbins. Very nice. I actually was at the park today and I heard probably like about their nine year old, something like that. They were talking football. It was really funny. And one of them was a big Steelers fan. He was talking about his Ben Roethlisberger card that he loved. And this one guy, the other kid said he loved Justin Jefferson and the Steelers fans like Justin Jefferson sucks. And I really so badly wanted to jump in there. I was like, like what? You know what? You suck. Yeah, exactly. He's like, the only reason why he's famous is because he invented the gritty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's so many things wrong with wow. that. Uh, all right. Anyway, um, Terry McLaurin is a, a preseason loser for you. And so is Jerry Judy. Who are you taking first, McLaurin or Judy? I'm taking McLaurin first, uh, not because I think McLaurin's better, but I'm just concerned that Judy is going to be out longer and potentially you have to worry now about any recurrence of the soft tissue injury that he's dealing with. So, you know, mild case of turf toe versus what seems to be a pretty significant hamstring pull. Uh, did we get a grade on it yet? Did, did, did Sean Payton ever give a grade on the hamstring? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen No, I don't think there's been a report. Yeah, it just— We'd be it, guessing. It, it just it scares me. It really does. Um, and and I, I drafted a lot of Judy as well, so I'm not happy about this. But um, no, I, I at, at this point both both of them are number three receivers. Both were you know Judy was a, a top twenty guy for me, and, and McLaurin was just outside my top twenty four. But it's it's very difficult to say that these guys can be trusted in the early part of the season. Yeah, round seven eight. Um, I think round seven for both. All right. Dalton Schultz is on your losers list as well. Boring. I have seen that. I've seen it yet, but uh, I think I saw that happen. So that's bad timing by me. Oh, tonight. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. He's game. a winner. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm just concerned that you know we we were expecting a guy that was going to be a target hog, and I don't know if that's going to be the case. Okay. Yes, I think that's true, but I he might be a red zone target hog. Nico had the first touchdown tonight. That was actually a pretty good play. Well then, Dalton Schultz did not score a touchdown. He has one. Maybe it was nice. I, I did say he had a I, nice thirteen-yard catch to keep a drive going. Maybe that's what it was. All right, Zang. Okay, Dave, you're <laughs> you remember that, right? Zang. <laughs> yeah, Wade's World too. Dave, your losers are Anthony Richardson. We talked about him. Ramondre Stevenson. That's Zeke coming to town. That's me not feeling as good about trusting a Patriots running back. Yes, I think he's got all kinds of potential in PPR. Yes, I'm worried that he's going to lose more than we think 
as a runner to Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm worried about the offensive line in New England. I'm worried about the offense, worried about the additions that they made, and maybe that could take some target share away from Ramondre. I'm still drafting him if he falls to me in round four. You worry too much, Dave. You're just like a warrior. I, you know, I, I'm scared of a lot of things. <laughs> Patriots running backs is certainly one of them. When's the last time we were taking a Patriots running back this high? Round three, I mean. Ugh. What was his name? Corey Dillon? I'm, Dillon Whoa. warranted it. Yeah. There yeah. was... Um... Steven Ridley? Oh, boy. I don't know if, where his ADP was, but... It, it might have... Uh, for some reason, I'm thinking, like, after his big year, we had him in round one, and boy. But, but I mean, just because it has Can you, hasn't can you trust a guy before. that spells his name Steven with an A? <laughs> you see what he just did to Kevin Hart? Steven Ridley? Yeah. No. I kind of... They, uh, they raced. Kevin Hart thought he could beat Stephen Ridley, and apparently Kevin Hart like tore like multiple muscles. In oh his... no! Yeah, he's been yeah. there for like a month. Oh, that is totally going to happen to Schneier when I race him now. And now he has to spell his name K E V A N, Kevin Hart. I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that. That's a shame. Yeah. So look, Ramadre, it's even worse for me in non PPR. Yeah, I, I I hope people listen to this. <laughs> I love Ramadre. I hope people listen yeah. too. We all have that in common. Yeah, where, so okay, where do you have Stevenson in your Still ranking? Round three, I, I I moved him like one spot, two spots overall. Is he in your top thirty? Oh yeah. Hmm. No, I top 30, no, I think I moved him outside top three. Okay, I got like him at thirty-seven, 32. so we're not that far off. Okay, yeah, I mean technically he is a rankings faller. I think Dave gave a very gloomy outlook, but you saw him thirty-seventh. So it was right, probably... because at one point he was like he might have been like twenty-fifth. Right, right. Okay, uh, Rashad Penny, all Dolphins running backs are losers for you. Yes, but Penny is not on the Dolphins, not yet. I was Dolphins are going to use multiple backs all year until they <laughs> trade for Jonathan Taylor on Tuesday, and then none of those guys will be worth a darn. Penny <laughs> might second. just be touchdown or bust really running back in Philly. that's going to happen, right? You can't just throw that out there. No, even if Jonathan Taylor stays in Indy, I'm not going to be excited about 28-year-old Jeff Wilson, 31-year-old Raheem Mostert, although he looks kind of good. Um, Twenty, The rookie, Devon A-Chain, who's banged up, and then Savan Ahmed got hurt. They're, they're going to use multiple running backs every week. It's almost like what you said with Anthony Richardson. Even if it's a great matchup for the Dolphins, you'll feel nervous about using any one of them. Good bye-week replacement guys, I guess. Najee they're Harris. Great, they're great late-round guys until Jonathan Taylor's there. Yeah, that's the best part about the Dolphins running backs is they are going super late. You're, maybe we're talking like round 10. And I've read two articles in the last week or so with b- different beat reporters guessing that Jeff Wilson would be the best running back on the team. For well, he's 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 the easy one to sort of, mm-hmm. hope, not, I don't want to say hope for, but, you know, lean toward because of, of, of age. And, you know, the... Look, most, most, I agree with Dave. Most of those good. This, this offense is going to be good, you know? And so it's like you're getting mm-hmm. a piece of this offense for free. Yeah, baby. Yeah, but at what point do you turn to one of these running backs, assuming Jonathan Taylor's an indie, and say, all right, I can start this guy? Well, if you're drafting, you're starting running back in round 10, then you really went zero RB. So. Right, but like you even if you go to. zero you, RB, but what's you, the situation going to be where you're the, starting Raheem Mostert with There's three confidence. scenarios that play out with the Dolphins running backs. One plays more than the other, and you cut the one that if you made the mistake and drafted the wrong one. One gets hurt, which that never happens with those two guys. So you, <laughs> you, you play the one that is on your team if you have the right one. Or you cut them because neither one is doing enough to help you. And most players that you draft in round 10 probably get sure. cut. So sure. the the upside is way 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 more in the favor of of that than there is the downside. So it's but not what's a bad more idea likely though? Like, what's the likelihood that you can peg one of these running backs and they end up being a starter for you? Well, can I just jump October? in and and it's, what do you think about this? If it's the same type of usage as last year when it was just Wilson and Mostert then you're going to have a starter there on some weeks. Not an every-week starter, but that was a lot of pr- productivity. If they start mixing in a third guy, then we got a problem. Which I think we'll see. That's okay. You, so you agree with that sentiment? If it's only the, and Let's wrap up on that. If it's only the two of them, then you're worth, you know, then they're going to be sure. rosterable. And then, you know, A-Chain might not be ready to go week one, and so it would be the two of them. 
you know, I, I, who do they play week one? It's the Chargers. You might be able to make the case for Mostert to be your start of the week, Jamie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a little low end. <laughs> all right, let's finish up here, Dave. All Broncos, all Broncos are on your I list. I have not liked much from this. Like when Marvin Mims is the highlight of the offense, then you know that it's not going to be a great offense. Forget about not McClinchy not playing. The interior of the offensive line was terrible. Russ as a runner, sure, he looked good. As a thrower, looked a lot like last year. They're going to begin the year without Jerry Judy on the field. That's what it looks like. Maybe there's something there for Cortland Sutton. We can definitely give him credit as like a round eight, nine, ten type of pick. Maybe a wide receiver three to begin the year and someone you're drop kicking off your roster by the time Halloween comes around. Javante has looked okay. Samaj Pirine has looked okay. I'm just I'm I I don't feel good about this Broncos offense, and I'm especially worried that they might play a lot of, you know mixing and matching and complimentary football. So there, there isn't one guy that's head and shoulders above the rest. Okay. Like there is on this podcast, by the way, you have to figure out at home who is head and shoulders above the rest. Well, it's answer- you, Adam. Oh, come on. It's nobody. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow on. Okay. By the way, this is a crazy week for us because of those CBS sports network shows. So our, our podcast, you're gonna have to check YouTube for the schedule, basically, but we're doing a show Monday night. We're not doing a show Tuesday morning, a podcast, that is. We might be doing a show Tuesday afternoon. Maybe. We'll see. Most important thing is Draftathon, 4 through 10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. We'll see you there, and have a great night, everybody. Talk to you sometime this week on Fantasy Football Today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the shed? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.